0: of this mood can't get over this feeling just can't get out of this mood last night your lips were too appealing and the thrill should have been all done by today in the usual
1: way. and this is Samara joy but it's Grammy a winner for best new artist, artist at last night's awards
0: dream of you
1: part of my best new artist has old music that's that's great <laughs> you know it, good for the academy for letting that win i believe someone texted i'm trying to find here i apologize we can let that play for there um that uh Samara Joy is playing in town re- next month. I think I saw on the text line. If text texter probably texted something else already, so I don't can't find. There it is. Samara Joy has a throwback sound of jazz singers of the nineteen forties. Yep, absolutely, and coming to town next month. Someone else said Beyonce didn't win because she sucks. Well, that's your opinion, and I, you know, I'm not a big Beyonce fan. But can I, can I point
0: out something that did slightly bother <laughs> me about the Beyonce thing, though? Which, which well, okay, which, which, which Beyonce
1: thing? Not that she wasn't there for her first award of the night? Not that. Okay.
0: And more power to her and her accomplishments. She's a great artist. She's done a lot for music. Love that she's won all of the things that she has won. Right. With one exception. The dance and electronic music category. Ah. Uh, my favorite category. I know you're, <laughs> no, you're, no, no. you're a real I'm not, raver there. Spike. No, but no, but I I I know what you're gonna say. Go ahead, please. So what bothers me about that is so Beyonce wins all of these big awards, which, of course, she's entitled to. And congratulations. But it is my personal view that taking any form of music that is, in theory, danceable, such as Beyonce's R&B album and taking, in, in essence, shrinking the viability of an actual dance electronic music act to win said award. Because pop and R&B crossover acts can also get that award. Okay. And local musicians, Odessa, a local electronic yeah. music act, they've recorded with a lot of artists. Leon Bridges did guest vocals on one of their songs called Across the Room, which was a pretty big hit song. It squeezes out artists that are f- actually focused on their craft in dance and electronica. Okay. And reduces their opportunity to win a Grammy.
1: Well, would you consider Beyonce's? I hear what you're saying. That's a category that's a, a very specialized genre of music. And just because Beyonce's album has an element of that, you think it shouldn't? It's it's overqualified to win to compete in that category. It's like Godzilla in that category,
0: right? It's it's like a pistol shooting competition, but one person comes in with an AR-15.
1: Okay, I, okay,
0: I got gotcha. you. It, it it's outgunning. The, mm. the genre category. And I think the whole point of there being a dance electronic Grammy is because that's not a genre that's widely represented in mainstream radio airplay. That's more of a niche kind of thing like alternative rock used to be. And, and that's why that's there.
1: Gotcha. No, it makes, it makes perfect sense. And the fact that Beyonce won both album and recording in that category, she took both, uh, both of the Grammys for dance electronic music. Took both awards.
0: Just because something is danceable doesn't make it a dance record. That's my personal criticism. Yeah, that's
1: opinion. cool. I, I, I feel you. You know, um, and I was raised in rock and roller, and we mentioned Brandi Carlisle, who won, you know, for Best Rock Song and Best Rock Performance with Broken Horses. Um, Best Metal. Gotta love this. Degradation Rules, Ozzy Osbourne. Best Metal Performance, featuring Ozzy and Tommy Iommi. And Ozzy won another Best Rock album, Patient Number 9 from Ozzy Osbourne. Beat Out the Black Keys, Elvis Costello, Idols, Machine Gun Kelly, who's not a rocker. Give me a break. um, And Spoon and Ozzy Osbourne won. And we didn't mention this last week when it was announced. So this gives me an opportunity to bring that up and, and, and give my two cents. Ozzy announced last year, or excuse me, last week that he has canceled his upcoming tour and he will no longer tour at all ever. He is done touring, for health reasons. Ozzy says that he is regret to announce that he will no longer be able to perform live or ever tour again. And that's that's saying something. You know, I've 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 met Ozzy. I've told those stories. We had we had a song parody called "I Am Santa Claus," and for some reason, the record label Bob Rivers, recording artist, my partner on the radio forever. His record label was able to convince Ozzy Osbourne to not only uh, let us do this parody on Bob's album, on the on the I Am Santa Claus album, but make a video and have Ozzy in the video. And Ozzy came to Bob's house, but Ozzy was playing in town, so it was not like they flew him to Bob's house in North Bend. Ozzy was playing a show in town, and we had the power of our radio station behind us. And Ozzy came out and met listeners, and was just could not have been a, a, a more wonderful English gentleman. But as kind and wonderful and gracious as Ozzy was, he couldn't put two words together in a sentence and he couldn't go anywhere without the help of two assistants helping him move around. And I'm not Ozzy wasn't under the influence of anything. Ozzy was just in the middle of a tour and he goes and he goes and he goes when he plays and afterward during the day, you know, the days off of from the stage, he recovers. He needs time to recover. I've never seen anything like that in my life. Ozzy was... I mean, I used to, at used to a bit on there, do my Ozzy impression. That's literally how Ozzy spoke. And I'm sorry, that's very insulting. I used to think it was funny. Those were simpler days before I was woke, a woke foot soldier. Um, But we'd see Ozzy and he literally, he walked around like a 90 year old man and he stammered when he spoke and he he had a difficult time putting thoughts together in sentences. It couldn't have been nicer, but he had difficulty just engaging with humanity off the stage. And we go to the show that night, and there's Ozzy, and it's like a transformation, like a different person happened. Like Ozzy was inhabited by someone from another planet or another soul. Because on stage, electric, didn't miss a beat, dancing, bouncing. I mean energetic and as, as any, everything you could ever possibly want in a metal rock star. When he hit the stage And afterward he had nothing left (laughs) To go to the meet and greet with the listeners Barely could I got an autographed picture of Ozzy from that tour And it's like It looks like one of those uh, The things that measure the earthquakes (laughs) Seismograph That's what Ozzy's signature looks like (laughs) That was it Anyway Ozzy announced that Ozzy won two Grammys last night For best rock album And best metal performance Congratulations Ozzy Osbourne 73 years old, announced last week he would no longer tour, he will be missed. So getting off the subject of music, because we have had, thank you Matt for letting me indulge myself in my, excuse me, my Grammy experience last night. Uh, Let's talk a little bit about Amazon, who announced today that age discrimination is their new policy. I mean, basically, Amazon announced that they're going to target, target younger and less expensive coders. They made an announcement, a new company policy, a new, a new global and Amazon-wide policy. That's, that's an interesting way to, way to frame things. The change is global and Amazon-wide. It goes even beyond our Earth. If they ever move into space, they're going to hire young guys there too. Basically, Amazon is saying they will only hire entry-level coders and programmers who are either within 12 months graduating college, right? Young or or people that are still in college. They want young, inex- young, inexpensive coders. And a lot of people, including G Ursula today, equated it to basically age discrimination. Someone who has been in the business for a long time, who has earned a, a salary – commensurate to their level of experience and expertise the problem with, here's the problem with that when you are a more established and I don't know anything about coders I'll I'll give you that right off the bat that's you probably didn't need me to tell you that I know Jack squat about coders and what they do and how they do it but I know that in any field when you've gained a level of experience and expertise you've earned a commensurate salary to go along with your years of training and your years of work in a field. And Amazon says, in order to save money, because, you know, after all, Jeff Bezos is only the second richest man in the world, right? Or maybe third now, I don't even know anymore. But he's got enough money to build a rocket to leave the planet, so he's doing fine. Amazon wants young people, inexper- not inexperienced, but less experienced, if not flat-out students, folks who graduated less than 12 months ago from college, for their... Lower-level software development engineering positions, engineering development positions. And that's got a couple different elements to it. Yes, they're trying to save money. They don't want to pay for experience. They'd rather pay less and get less experienced people. But they also don't want anybody who's got antiquated knowledge. Somebody Sometimes when you learn a skill and you use it for a long – I'm talking on both sides of my mouth here, but – when you learn a skill and you become good at it, it's difficult to unlearn that skill, to learn new ways to do the same thing, newer, more modern, more efficient ways to do the same thing. So maybe Amazon is really saying, look, we don't want to reeducate folks. That's too time consuming, too costly. We want blank slates. We want people who are fresh out of college or who haven't even graduated yet so we can bring them up in the Amazon way of doing things.
0: So they won't know they're underpaid because they're <laughs> naive. <laughs> Quit! Quit looking ahead. You totally stole my thunder. Uh,
1: no, but that's you're, you're spot on. You are spot on. They want people to teach them the Amazon way. No, no, lunch breaks are for losers. You don't want to do that. Wait a minute. You, 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 what? What daughter? You got a daughter? Your, your daughter's graduation. What? You had a daughter and didn't tell a supervisor? You've got a family. No, you're out of here. Um, Amazon's history of abusing their employees is pretty well documented. So when they say we're not going to hire experienced people, we want we want newbies, less expensive newbies for our entry level software developing engineering positions. That's another place they're going to cut corners. That's another way they're going to, you know, streamline things and lower expect right there. If you want to work at Amazon, lower your expectations about what you're going to earn. Coders can work anywhere. That's that's one of the beauty of being in that arena, that profession. Is you really can work for anybody who needs that. You don't have to be specialized in online retail merchandising or you know that what Amazon does. Coders are coders are coders. You can write code for any number of different of, of applications. My older daughter's partner, her guy, great kid, in his late thirties. Just left his career as a, a re, kind of a records supervisor in the medical field, right? The kind of guy who organizes and supervises medical records for
0: multiple healthcare facilities. See, now, when you said record supervisor, I was getting really excited and thought maybe he worked <laughs> in a record store. Maybe this guy was like Rob Gordon. Or no,
1: something. I know. <laughs> Every father's dream that their little sweetheart will marry a guy who owns a record store. Yeah, there's a movie in itself. Father of the bride of the record store owner.
0: Well, it can't compete with the number of parents who <laughs> wish their uh children would marry broadcasters. Uh,
1: yeah, yeah. We, we we can talk about that one night too. How how gracious my in laws were about what I did for a living and still bringing me into the fold. Anyway, my my daughter's boyfriend. I'll I'll say that. It's the first time I have said. I hope she doesn't mind me saying using that term. I hope he knows. Um, he left his field to learn to code. He was doing well enough to take like a an 18-month sabbatical from his job to go back and educate full-time. I think it was about 18 months. might have been a little less. But he just landed his first job in coding, and he loves it. He loves it. He left an established career where he was doing well and had already climbed up to a level of management in his mid-30s and said, you know what? I'm good at this. It pays very well. There's demand for it because it's the medical records field. That's not getting smaller anytime soon. But he wasn't enjoying it. So he took a break to re-educate himself and get trained as a coder and just landed his first job in coding. He's been doing about six months and he absolutely loves it. But he's the kind of guy Amazon would never hire. Even though he's just out of school, they want somebody young and dumb who doesn't know how they're being mistreated, being abused, I think. Just my opinion. Like I said, I don't know the first thing about coding. Maybe there's an upside that you don't have to re-educate somebody or make them unlearn the way they used to have to do things. Because that is true. When when you know how to do something, trying to learn how to do the same thing differently is a much more difficult thing to learn because you've got to break old habits and, and eliminate and just throw away old knowledge and replace it with new patterns and new ways to do things, new information. That's hard to do, to unlearn something. But I still think, given Amazon's track record of how it treats its employees, I think, Matt, you're spot on. We want new people, people who are still in college or less than 12 months out of college, who won't know just how bad we're about to make their lives.
0: People have to keep in mind there is very rarely in human history big decisions by corporations are not generally made on the basis of altruism. You can generally assume that if a company like Amazon is making a decision, they're doing it to save money.
1: That There's too many examples of that for it not to be a fact. I think you're spot on. Too many examples, and and to be fair, companies like Amazon have a fiduciary responsibility to their stockholders to operate in the most efficient way possible. You know that's the thing about working for a company that is stockholder driven, stockholder you know stockholder owned. You have different masters. You serve different masters. You know, you, you are a company that's operating the most efficiently way possible so that your stockholders can get the most dividend returns for their investment. That's the that's the commitment you make to people who buy your stock. You can do the very best for them, but you can't also do the very best for the people who make your company go, the employees that you hire. Somebody's got to suffer in that equation, and if you've got a responsibility to the stockholders to make do what's best for them, you can't by nature, by definition... Do what's best for your employees. Two different masters. It's Cairo Knights, I'm Spike O'Neill. Matt Butler. We'll be right back after these. along with Matt Butler. do
0: we got here, Matt? This is a band, very underrated. They're called The The. The The. Led by a guy by the name of Matt Johnson. Brilliant singer, brilliant lyricist, and one of those UK indie slash college rock bands that just never got their deal.
1: I appreciate you making them aware of.
0: They were, however, on the soundtrack to Empire Records.
1: And the guitarist from television who passed away last week.
0: Tom Verlaine, yes.
1: He was mentioned in the memoriam. I was really proud to see that. And I was appreciated you bringing that to my attention.
0: Awesome. When
1: he passed last week. Good job, my friend. I hope your voice feels better, buddy.
0: Thank you very much.
1: Everybody's got a little something going around. You know, I noticed that Lisa's Lisa's been fighting it for a while. I kind of feel it, too little froggy in the throat there. So bear with us, folks. We promise that we'll give you everything we got. And when we can't go no more, we'll just whisper our way out to the finish line. It'll be great. So uh, I love watching news shows. I love watching the shows I agree with. I especially enjoy watching the shows I disagree with. And I don't want to get too political because I know that's that's where we always tend to go off the rails with a lot of the audience that we disagree with, because they feel like we don't respect their points of view. And I'm and that I'm saying we like there's a frog in my pocket. I'm trying harder to be more understanding, empathetic, open-minded for those I disagree with. Last week, when the uh, Chinese spy balloon was all the rage, I mean, just you couldn't turn on a TV without seeing that little white dot in the sky and then a zoomed up grainy image of that little white dot with the satellite thing under it to track whatever was going on. But as the, as the week progressed Thursday, Friday and the outrage grew for the opponents of President Biden on how he handled the situation and how uh, it made America look weak and how China was, you know, just flipping off the country basically was to to paraphrase, if I may be so bold. And then the chorus of the chorus of shootdowns were awesome. And I, I spent a lot of time purposefully watching other news coverage than I usually watch to get the perspective of the more conservative media outlets. On this moment in American history because I, I, for one, am not crazy about the idea that a foreign country can send a – clearly a spy device over our sovereign airspace and not – and just let it run its course. Now, I understand that when when the first – the reports of this weather balloon, as China called it, were spotted – By a citizen, by the way, that's how it was brought to bear. Somebody noticed it and posted, I think, on social media. And we, you know, all of a sudden, we had to address it. We had to speak to it. We had to find out about it. The first reports were that President Biden's inclination was to shoot it down. He spoke to his military advisors who advised him against that because there was no way to know, first off, where this thing would land. It was at 60,000 feet. It was twice as high as commercial aircraft tend to travel. And there was no way to know what dangers could be, could fall upon, no pun intended, fall upon the public, could fall through a a, a school roof for all we knew. So they let the balloon just make its course. It has, since the event has played itself out, a lot has come to public awareness. We've, We've learned a lot since the incident. The balloon was shot down as soon as it got over water on the East Coast, As was the plan from the military as it made its way through Montana, Missouri and across the mid-Atlantic states and made its way off to sea. I thought it was a really funny moment on CNN. I think it was last Friday when they showed the Chinese spy balloon with a forecast map of where the wind would take it and what states it would cross before it made its way to the ocean. You know, like what military facilities or assets it would fly over as the weather and the jet stream took it on its path because the Chinese were saying they had lost control of it. That's why it floated in American airspace. That's BS, by the way. But, you know, the the weather girl was up on the TV talking about the spy balloon, how it's going to make its way through Ohio and then over to the Virginia area and then out to see over the Carolinas. I just thought that was kind of comical how they were giving us a a weather forecast on the spy balloon. Anyway. The shoot-it-down crowd, you know, talking about how weak this made America look, how weak this proved President Biden was, um, how President Trump never would have stood for something like this, you know, that wouldn't happen under President Trump's watch. This just goes to show how the world has lost respect for America, how China thinks uh, USA is in decline. Well, then, lo and behold, over the weekend, as more information comes out, we find out that this has happened Four times previously, once very early in the Biden administration, and then three times during the Trump administration, that a Chinese balloon was floating above American airspace. Now, we'll see if this is actually true, because the people who monitor in the Defense Department who monitor these things, they made that information available this weekend, And it was blindsiding to a lot of the Republicans who were on TV every chance they got or on social media every chance they got bemoaning how weak this made us look and how this wouldn't have happened under the previous administration, how this was Joe Biden's feckless leadership, yada, yada, putting us at risk. Can't keep our borders uh, secure. Can't keep our skies secure. Yada, yada. The typical rhetoric you get. And it was announced by the Defense Department that it happened three times under President Trump. Once already under President Biden, the only reason that happened this time that we know about it is because a citizen saw it. At least that's how the public got aware of it. They didn't make the public aware of the previous four times. In fact, people from the Biden administration are saying today that they were never informed that President Biden or excuse me, the Trump administration, people in the Trump administration, like former national secretary or president. Security Council, whatever, John Bolton, whatever his national defense secretary, I don't know sure what, what job he had. Can't even remember anymore. Security advisor, National Security Advisor John Bolton said, uh, We were never made aware that there were three different Chinese satellite sky spy weather balloons floating over the country during our administration. Nobody told us that. So I, you know, who knows? Who knows how accurate any of this is? I bring it up because President Biden took the advice of his military. Don't shoot this thing down. They were taking counter spy steps to kind of hide the assets from the balloon as it floated over America, they said. You know, as it floated over Missouri or then Ohio or Virginia or wherever it was floating, whatever track it took. They were taking preventive steps to obscure its views of military assets. Did they have everybody in the at that military base walk outside with a plant and hold it up in the sky so it looked just like a forest or something? I think Jack Stein said on Friday 3 years ago China launched these high deck high tech high definition satellites in the space that could see the surface of America and tell spot the dimples on a golf ball nothing that could be ascertained from a weather balloon at 60,000 feet was going to come close to the information they already had from their satellites so what was the big cu- what was the big dust up about and then the concept of distraction was brought up Maybe this is just, you know, keeping us, the public, entertained. Give us something to chew on. So we stop looking at the more important stuff. I mean, you know, Hunter Biden last week admitted, yes, that's my laptop. And I'd like the, uh, like the Justice Department to look into exactly, you know, the, the origins of the information on that laptop. Yes, it's mine. Yes, that's me smoking crack and with a hooker on the laptop. Yeah, that's me. It's not my good side, but it's me. But those, some of those emails on there that you say are incriminating and show corruption, let's find out the origin of those. Let's make sure that's not Russian disinformation. And just as this was starting to percolate in the news, here comes a Chinese spy balloon. Like a set of keys to a kitten. We look over here. Hey, everybody. You know, are we that easily amused, distracted, put off the scent. I I think I am. I think a lot of you think I am. I I think we all might be. Anyway, the balloon was shot down over water in a seven mile debris field, by the way. So I'm glad we didn't shoot it down over Montana or Missouri or Ohio or Tennessee or Virginia or wherever, you know, thank goodness we didn't listen to the shoot it down, shoot it down crowd. Who knows who'd have been hurt. They'll figure out what they've got in their hands when they collect all the pieces of it. We'll find out exactly what happened. We'll know that China was lying. They're always spying on us. And
0: we were always spying on them. That's the world we live in. We'll be right back after these.
1: Welcome back to Kyra Knights. I'm Spike O'Neill along with Matt Butler. We do need more love in the world, man. Love is the drug. You know, I started last break talking about watching other news channels. And I started to because last week there was a big kerfuffle, big brouhaha on Fox News because one of their very busiest hosts, Brian Kilmeade, who's on all the time. He's on, you know, Fox and Friends in the Morning. He does his own national radio show on the Fox Network. He's on The Five from time to time. He came out and made the uh, made the mistake of <laughs> speaking, you know, favorably about the Biden economy. And his co-workers kind of... They... Backpedal faster than the Seahawks secondary, taking on a quarterback who shouldn't even be in the NFL. I mean, you know, these guys were trying to cover their butts. You know, don't compliment Joe Biden. I mean, the clip basically was was Brian Kilmeade saying that, you know, compared to the rest of the world, the Biden economic policies have put the U.S. on path through economic recovery faster than some of the other countries who have been through the same global Recession, the same global economic crisis that we are facing as a nation. And, you know, it is a global economy. Despite efforts for protectionism and America first policies or whatever else you want to call it, it's a global economy. We're an interactive global economy. And supply chain interruptions because of the pandemic and and because of uh, materials weren't being harvested, production wasn't being done. Shipping wasn't being done. There were supply issues in every facet of our economy on a global scale. And other countries are having a much more difficult time recovering and getting back to some sense of normal. Global inflation is higher than it is here in America. There are other countries doing better than us, but for the most part, the Biden economy is doing better than other countries. And when Brian Kilmeade said that, when Brian Kilmeade (laughs) urged Biden to stand on his record – Instead of attacking Republicans about being un-American or about trying to, you know, bring it up January 6th, being a threat to democracy. A message that worked, by the way, in the midterms. Everybody questioned the Democratic strategy to say that democracy was on the ballot. It really did work. It really did stop the historically expected red wave of the 2022 midterms. And Brian Kilmeade said, hey, man, you've got a good economy run on it. And the folks at Fox tend to have a little bit of a hissy fit. I just think it would be great if the folks at MSNBC, I watch some of the programming over there, and I'm thinking, wait a minute, guys. That's not not a fair and accurate representation of what's going on. You're clearly spinning this for your own devices. And I see the same thing on Fox. And I wish that we could just get back to a time when you gave us the straight and skinny. You gave us the real – when Biden did something good, Fox should say so. When Biden screws up, MSNBC should say so. Be nice if we could all get accurate and straight down the middle of the fairway reporting. And we're all we're always gonna have our biases and our, our spins and our prejudices. You know, that's that's human nature. But let's just not, you know, live in a fantasy world where our guy can do no wrong and their guy can do no right. You know, I was working with Jack Stein last week. It was a great exercise for me to try to see the other side of the coin. He, he proved to me a, a various elements of various different topics and things affecting our country and the economy today I I didn't see before and I'm happy to admit that I was I learned a little bit working with a conservative viewpoint to do a, a talk show it was great so I guess that's all I'm saying by this is to you know I watch the other side and I wish they even even I wish my side too I wish both sides could be a little bit more Genuine, a little less spinny and disingenuous about what they give us. You know, I don't think it does us any good. It doesn't do any of us any good to keep in a bubble and hear the things we want to hear and not listening to opposing views, opposing facts. You know, I think we I think you should lose your light your right to broadcast news if you can't tell the truth. Hey, hey. I know I'm dreaming. It's a unicorn popcorn world for me. Rainbows and fairy dust. But it'd be nice. We were better off when the news was the news. And not just, you know, more spin than a coin-operated laundromat. It's Cairo Nights. I'm Spike O'Neill along with Matt Butler. Still got an hour show left to go. Plenty to talk about. We'll be right back after these.